The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us today in what I will call, Sue, a uh, okay turnaround Tuesday. Well, let's put it this way, a quiet catch-your-breath. <laughs> After a day like Monday, it, it's a catch-your-breath day. Um, certainly not a dynamic day. It, for beans, it was an inside, small-range day. And, um, you know, maybe nine cents up from the low. That's not a biggie. And for wheat, kind of a vacillating, quiet day. For Casey, wheat, back and forth. Depends on the weather forecast, what have you. Um, but first off, what really pushed yesterday's markets, and it started Sunday night, if you go back to last Friday and the um, Commitment of Traders report came out and it showed the soy- for the second week in a row showed uh, soybeans, corn, and wheat, all just the managed fund positions about the highest in two years. And that then causes, with the concerns over the Trump administration's a um, couple of things. One, talk of uh, possibly trying to put a cap on rent prices, on biofuel production, um, the concern over tariff talks, and um, those things. And then along with rains through Kansas and on across you know, the southern half of Iowa and Missouri on into you know, southern Illinois, Indiana, um, but heavier rains across Kansas than what was even forecast. I know Des Moines, Iowa caught nine inches of snow on Saturday, mo- you know, Friday night, Saturday morning that wasn't even in the forecast. And so when you put all that together and then you look at the forecast, the GFS model, um, forecasting that we would see some, some rains in, um, um, Kansas again in the in the southern plains, mid you know the hard red winter wheat areas, but dryness in uh, Argentina for the soy areas. You can kind of see our market today how it just sort of wobbled. I wouldn't trust today's rally, and I don't think I would trust even if it rallied the next few days. The bean market, Susan, did have a trend line coming from the lows of December on through the lows of January and forward, and we hit that trend line here uh, yesterday. So that technically gives you a reason to bounce a little bit as well. Well, you know, you talk about not being able to trust the market over the next couple of days. We're in such a volatility right now as we move out of worries about rain in South America to really focusing on lack of rain here in the U.S. and add to it spring planting, outside market influences. It's going to make for some very interesting volatility. Well, I think it is. And another thing is, it's not only the lack of rain for, like, say, in Kansas and what have you, and dryness in some areas, but it's also starting to see, and it's kind of been vacillating on and off, but too much rain in the Gulf states. And especially across, like, Louisiana, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, and through there, um, you know, you look that southern third of the U.S., and we're see- and the forecast is really offering today's forecast anyway uh the the thought that we could see even heavier range yet as we end the month 
And so, you know, those are areas where they're trying to plant corn. And they really prefer to have their corn planted by the 1st of April. I don't know if they're going to make that this year. But the later it gets, the more vulnerability it is, not only with corn, but cotton. Maybe those acres, some of them start to shift over towards soybeans. Um, it's, it's hard to say, but the weather certainly is playing a hand here. And, um, and I know our weather services that we pick up on, um, you know, the GFS has had that we would see, uh, you know, more uh, rain in Kansas and what have you here in the 6 to 10 day, along with the 1 to 5. And then in uh, Argentina, you know, drier for the bean areas. But that's the GFS, and I don't put a lot of faith in the GFS. Um, I think the European model tends to be more accurate. And so bottom line is we're catching a rally. We came down hard fast. And actually, this break, maybe not quite as hard as what we did yesterday, but a break in time from early March, which is where we were looking for a high to break down, all along we've been a, a, a kind of in the school of thought that we would see a correction through March into April. And I still believe that's the case. You know, the planning intentions report that comes out, hard to believe it's already next Thursday we're going to see those numbers. Are you guys already yeah. starting to factor in some thoughts, what we might see, because we've had all these weather issues to the south so far? Well, I don't know if that, because that planning intentions, I don't know if it'll factor much of the weather in for the south into it this year yet, just yet. It'll certainly come back to haunt us, though, in the final in June. Um I do think that we're going to see more bean acres, and I think that when you look at your fringe areas that, you know, remember, we had some really good consecutive years of good prices, and all of a sudden, we had ground being torn up going into corn that we hadn't had in for a very long time, and we have CRP capped at, what, 24 million acres, I think? So, you know, we know that there's going to be less corn acres and more bean acres it's just a matter of and and even oats uh will garner some of the the acreage this year and barley uh will also garner some of it and then of course cotton so i i do think we have some um greater bean acres it's just a matter of how great is it are we in that 92 92 and a half area million acres um you know the usda and their outlook used 90 so we got to kind of keep that in mind well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Sue Martin joining us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. We're going to talk trade and China. We know it's kind of the, uh, I don't want to call it the bull or the bear, but it's hanging out in the corner of the room. And we'll talk more about that with her on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Hey. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Before we headed to break, of course, Sue Martin is joining us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. I brought up trade and China. And I know, Sue, it's been back in the uh, market talk and and just regular news talk as well with these tariffs that are set to take place starting on Friday with steel and aluminum. It's made some nervousness, and we're hearing that there might be some retaliation from China in regards to soybeans. But you kind of have an interesting spin on all of that and what it might mean to to our producers? Well, I think that if we put the, which we're going to, put the tariffs in place, and then we go ahead and we take and and we see retaliation, 
more than anything, it's probably going to create some um, increased costs for the U.S. consumer. But if anything, I think China, um, if they do retaliate and go and buy their beans from Brazil, which, you know, Brazil's in harvest, when's your cheaper prices? when you're harvesting so we have a harvest like every six months ours and then brazil's well i think what will happen is if they go there that means those buyers that would normally pick up that slack are going to turn around and come to us so you it isn't as uh, sexy of a spin and you don't hear as much about that but i think that's what will happen what else will happen it'll be psychological barriers for prices and the traders will just sell the sacks out of the market only to give China some really good deals, cheap grain. Well, we talk about about that cheap grain, and with everything that's going on, should the producers be nervous? Should they be, you know, waiting to see what all these discussions mean ahead of their spring planting? Are they needing to lock in some prices to kind of cover themselves? Well, I think, you know, when you look at soybeans where they're at, um, you know, we're at ten twenty-five and a quarter, something like that. Um, if that's the worst bean price you sell for new crop, there's nothing wrong with that. However, I still feel that we have a better time coming yet before this is all said and done, especially for corn. And if you look at wheat, wheat was moving so fast, we've hit a wave three, and, you know, I'm, not that I haven't over the years seen highs placed on uh, wheat in the month of March. We have. But I think that the market's had a good come down, and I don't think it's done yet. I really believe we're going to correct these markets back down into April. Then I think we'll settle low, and we'll find out what we're made of. And we'll probably try to rally the markets as we go through planting. And we'll see just how strong those markets want to be. Um, we know that next week you have a quarterly stocks report coming out and a prospective plantings. Now it's thought that both will be friendly to corn. But the traders are going to be wanting to see in corn where that corn is. Is it on farm, uh, commercial, what have you? And they're going to be looking for that. Let's jump over to what we're seeing on the livestock side of the trade, Sue, as we look at this cattle market. There was talk about some narrow trading ranges on those nearby contracts in the cattle today. Well, they were. They were very quiet. Cattle did end up closing lower today, and we now have April fats under 120. Um, you still have a spread between April and June of about $10.50, but your Junes are running discount. I'm going to say that they're probably around $19 or just under $19 under the cash market at this time. Remember, a year ago at this time, we had the cash market uh, very strong, and the second month out, being June, got as far as $19.75 discount to the cash. Packers don't give you good deals for no reason. They're making money. They're triple-digit profitable, and they're trying to process as many cattle as they can get through. They know we have a good supply coming. But that supply may not really hit as much until we get to the very latter part of April, maybe early May. But they're trying to bring cattle ahead as fast as they can because they want to process every hoof they can get done before we really run into the possibility of where uh, demand might peak and then start to taper off. So they're really trying hard, and they're very profitable. 
you know, they don't keep the cash market up there and knock the socks out of the futures. It's a beautiful hedger's market who was hedged ahead of time because now with such a wide basis, uh, an inverted basis where cash is premium over the futures, they can turn around and cover their short hedges and make more money on the cattle that are being sold in the cash market. So they're really, it's a hedger's market that way. But is it a hedger's market for going into like say for June and selling June cattle when they're almost $19 under the cash market? I would not do that. I would buy puts before I would do that. Quickly, before we uh, wrap up, hog numbers, we saw some mixed trade, those triple-digit losses of yesterday. Is that going to affect the rest of the trade this week for them? Well, the hog market, it, it kind of tried to come back late, you know, into the close. I think it's killing time. It's a little overdone, again, on the interday charts. And then our dailies are trying to clean up their their oversold condition or get oversold enough. that for folks to reach you, Sue. Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.